This is Season 5, Episode 35 of the ASI Podcast. ASI247.org is the website for this here podcast. What does it mean to take off the mask and treasure real intimacy? Kicking it off with some Hollywood vampires. Here you go. And there you go, listeners, little Hollywood vampires there, Alice Cooper, stirring some of the emotional, relational dissonance of this podcast here. Uh, This is episode 34, season 5. I am your host, Russ Shaw, titling this episode, Letting Go of the Mask and Treasuring Intimacy. Oh, the questions that this episode is going to stir up in you. Uh, my friend, guest Paul Young, who was on the podcast, the author of The Shack, had a great quote in his book, Eve, where he said that one great question, one question, one great question is greater than 10,000 answers. All right. And I want to encourage you as you listen to this podcast to not just react, but to think about maybe questions that it stirs up in you. Russ at ASI247.org. I welcome those questions. That's part of this summer of CC, right? This challenge for you this summer and breaking down the walls of intimacy disorder is what they're calling some of the behavioral scientists out there. It's the new buzzword for sexual addiction. Let's not use sexual addiction. Let's call it an intimacy disorder. Please stop using sexual addiction or porn addiction um, as a thing because it's not a thing. It's intimacy disorder. So that's the new thing. So I'm going to focus on that a little bit with some of these shows and to challenge you, hopefully open up your heart and mind some as to this definition. And that really is the challenge is again, dropping the mask and treasuring valuing being known um, and having true intimacy. This show is going to be different for some of you guys that are single. Some of you folks who are single listening, you're going to go, oh, this is, <laughs> I'm going to give myself a break here a little bit. But some of you in relationships are going to be challenged by this episode. And again, which, whichever you are, single, married, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, um, I... What kind of feelings, again, is this going to stir up in you? I, I don't, my focus here, my goal, my heart is that I've been, I was horribly, horribly stuck. And I know what that feels like. And moving out of some of that, um, getting away from that horribly stuck feeling is, is really my focus. And so there's people who have this 90 days behavior mod challenge and I'm not against that all right if you think you can go 90 day the 90 day goal right if you're shooting for 90 days if you've 
done this for a year and you've been able to make the 90 days and then relapsed, maybe that's something else. The You know, there's possibly something else going on is what I'm trying to say. Um, if you can't make the 90 days and you've been trying for nine months to a year to get to the 90 days and that's not working, um, again, a, a new approach may be in order. This is why Seth Taylor's book, Feels Like Redemption, I believe is so important. It's one of the few books that I've actually stood up and endorsed as, yes, this can help you. A lot of the stuff that he talks about in that book is stuff that is actually taught by neuroscientists and people in behavioral science and therapy that are they're actually seeing things, this kind of stuff work, the stuff that Seth is talking about in his book. And he is a Christian, and yeah, there's a spiritual aspect to it. But again, Carl Jung, it was one of these guys that people are starting to visit more of his philosophy, all right? More of his approach to behavioral science than getting away from Freud, who is very much wires in a box kind of guy. All about the systems, all about the mostly behavior bod. So again, I'm not saying one approach is worse than another, but I'm saying that if, again, if you're not if you're not having good success with the 90-day behavior mod, um, just uh, what would you, what is the word? Abstinence from pornography or masturbation or PMO. Um, if that's not working for you, th- this is a different approach. And it has worked for a lot of people. In the uh, NoFap, guys had a uh, part of their website. NoFap is a subreddit of uh, Reddit. And it's it's a community for people who are trying to kick porn, working to kick porn. And there's a lot of behavior mod there. There's a lot of uh, war analogy, going to war or battle with yourself. Which, again, if that works for you for the 30 days, then more power to you. Go for it. Declare war on yourself, <laughs> you know. Uh, if, but I've not seen that work for most people in the long run. Something I used to say is every time you've quit or failed... Um, Every time you had a system failure, every time you relapsed, to use that word, never quit. You know, keep getting back up, keep getting on the wagon, so to speak. And it's not, and I didn't use the word wagon as much as don't give up on you, all right? Your heart, your body, your mind, you as a person, you're important. You, you matter in this world. So this not giving up approach is to realize that you're, you're on a journey in this life. Seth would call it the pilgrimage. Um, and, and that's important. The the my pilgrimage approach as well is going to get away from a lot of this, like counting your days. Don't do that, right? Stop beating yourself up when you relapse. Uh, Derek, who has not read Seth's book, is, is who I talked to today. And this challenge that you're going to be faced with, not that I agree with everything Derek's saying, um, but I, I like what's happening with him and he's a friend of mine he's also in community with me to use those words and so you know we check in about stuff like this and how we're feeling and how our hearts are doing as as guys and that's important too having someone in your corner i talk about that a lot in this podcast so without further ado and some of the old 80s music playing in the background here's my friend uh Derek Hahn 
And uh, my challenge for you, again, in this podcast is what is it going to look like to drop the mask, to face some of this codependency, to um, fillet your heart open a little bit, be really vulnerable, and I'm not going to say anymore, man. Here you go. It's Derek Hong. We're at Derek's uh, studio here in your garage where we we record the Punk Theology podcast. And you and I got to talking about uh, something tonight on the Punk Theology that that had me thinking about this summer. So I'm doing the summer of what I'm calling uh, the summer of CC, okay. which means realizing that we can take this energy, this compulsive energy, and turn it into creativity. Okay. And that I'm not Mr... You know, count your days and try real hard and, you know, bounce your eyes. And I'm not so much that guy, but I'm more focused on how we think about relationships, um, how we think about our own creative energy, who we are on the inside, and uh, challenging listeners with some of that. So Derek's been on the podcast before. That was years ago. Yeah, like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Four yeah. Five years ago. So uh, you, to, inter- to reintroduce you, um, you and I both went to the Mars Hill Church in right. Seattle, and uh, you were part of the purity men's purity right. groups that they did there for a while. Um, one of the things that we were we were touching on, and I mentioned this, and you were like, "Yeah, I, I resonate with that," is I felt like things weren't going my way. Like I I was part of a, a startup in '99 that crashed and burned because the the Nasdaq crashed. And I was going to a church at the time that was heavy on prosperity gospel or prosperity theology. You know, if you're giving your 10% and you're, you're being a good person, you know, and all this, that God's going to bless you. You will gain God's favor. And there's a number of verses that they could point to in the Bible that would, you know, push that. Um, and I thought that these things weren't coming together for me because I was a porn addict. And that God was, you know, not blessing me for that reason. Uh, did you have a similar story like that? So you felt kind of the same way. Well, I, it was super pernicious for me, honestly. It was so I had moments where things were just not going well, and I was like, like man, like this is definitely because I've been drinking off and looking at porn. Like, 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 yeah, like if I could just figure out a way to stop, like all this would go away. Or even worse than that, like. Well, I already did it. God already hates me. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm going to suffer through this. I'm not going to really change anything. Yeah. Uh, But, but I'm, you know, I, I earned this, right? Like, like this is, this is, yeah, this is the, the fruit of my actions. Depravity. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and then it's also really bad. It was just bad all the time. It was also bad from the other perspective. And then when things were going well, I was like, oh, well, when's the other shoe going to drop, right? Like, when God just got this hammer above my head, right? Right. He's like, man, just like one more time. Like, you look at that porn one more time, I'm going to fucking blast you, right? Your kid's going to get hit by a car or something. Like, dark stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, like, your your kids are going to die. Your wife's going to die. Like, yeah, like, really dark stuff. Like, here's that hammer. Like, you're a little shit. Like, I'm just going to get you one of these days. 
and yeah, so so and so it was just constant, right? Like there's nothing I there I'd had myself in a position where there's nothing I could do that would you know other than stopping porn, which wasn't happening, right? Um, that that would change anything. Did some of the theology at Mars Hill change some of that? Because I know Mark did talk a lot about grace, but also he talked a lot about you know being obedient using those words. Was that was. No. Was Mars Hill the purity groups kind of good or or the bad? The purity or? group was great, but that's because it had nothing to do with Mark. When okay, I was, when I was exactly. Yeah. Uh, There's a guy in there named Lloyd who was great, and he was he'd been you know through the ringer a couple of times with a lot of different stuff, and he he was kind of like like Leo was to you, mm-hmm. um, and that and yeah, and he just you know and he was. Uh, he had kind of a firmer, you know, some behavioral stuff, but he was also just like, like, not like refusing to take it to a God hates you type of place. Oh, I see. And, uh, and I'm really good at bringing the community. And I probably had the most like abstinence success, I would suppose I would say, uh, coming out of that group until probably three years into my marriage. And then, uh, and then, and then the group got, Trashed, right? He deconstructed it and turned it into redemption groups. Right. And redemption, like, it just wasn't... I mean, they were good, but it just wasn't the same. Didn't have the same vibe, the same power. Uh, and it just... It kind of stopped working, so... And then uh, I was in leadership in the church, right? Right. So you were, like, a deacon or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, which was <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like, like, I wanted to... Like, I didn't actually want to be... Like, they're, like... Hey Derek, will you be a community group leader? Like we literally don't have anybody else. Like we've got like forty people in this group. We need to split. Like uh-huh. and it's got to be you. Like fuck, okay. Like I'll I'll do it. Right. So I started doing it, uh, and then they're like, "Oh, you got to be a deacon to do it." And <laughs> yeah. Like you have you to gotta, have the title, right? You're like you got to read all these books and write this paper. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." They're like yeah, but we really need you to be a community group leader. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> like, okay, you're a deacon. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, right. like, can you write like this one paragraph summary of this thing? Yeah, whatever. Like, I'll give you that. Like, right. if I'm not reading these three books, and I'm not writing you some dissertation, right? Like, okay, like you're in. Okay, right. like winking a nod. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. a deacon now. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, so then uh, this stuff came back in my marriage, uh, and the guy who was like my coach came down like super hard. On me, like, oh, wow. like this is adultery, and like, like you're cheating on your wife, and you're ruining your marriage, and you know we're gonna, and the the, the funny thing is like we're gonna take you out of leadership. I was like, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> like I did not sign up for this job. Right. You can have it back. Yeah, like, exactly. and, and then he thought about like, oh no, actually, like your group would like totally dissolve, and there's nobody to take it. So, yeah. so we're not gonna play out of leadership. But yeah, so and so that was not. It's like me when I was in high school, I was suspended for skipping school. It's like, we're going <laughs> to kick you out of school because you're skipping school. I'm like, awesome! <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I had plans. <laughs> now I have an excuse to not be there. And for those who don't know, Marcel Church no longer exists. Right. Um, it went down with uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll, who worshipped his ego more than Jesus, basically moved out of the city, wouldn't uh, make amends with the people he hurt, um, rather than do that and, and face... The people that he damaged and hurt, you know, just reconciling. He basically built a giant mega church out of people that had abandonment issues from their father, and yeah. then he abandoned the entire church yeah. and went and started a new family yeah. down in Arizona. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Yeah. 
So that's kind of maybe where we could go with this episode is thinking those thoughts of God being this, you know, having the hammer over you or feeling like you're not being obedient. So God is holding back something from you is just not true. First of all, it it depends on how you unpack theology, your relationship with God. I use that word relationship because I I think it's important um, I wouldn't do that to my kids, you know, um, maybe especially for, for the Christians listening, what would you say has helped you as far as that, you know, unpacking that kind of energy that was in you at that time? You've deconstructed a lot of your faith since right. since Mars Hill. And has that been helpful? And how do you think about it? Where does your energy go? Uh, yeah. That used to go to Mars Hill, you mean? Yeah, or jerking off every <laughs> uh, Not using Tide. Right. Derek, oh, yeah, yeah, Derek yeah. tells so, his Tide so story. In plug this other, uh, <laughs> the this podcast. other podcast. We have this Punk Theology, Theology podcast that we do together. And, uh, and this next episode comes out, talks about the first time I masturbated in college, which was a great story. And you should definitely listen because it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, entertaining. It is powerful. <laughs> Tied. Yeah, that, that's, like, that's like a great, like, tell your 14-year-old son story to get him to not, <laughs> like, jerk off, right? It's like a classic. I heard uh, Pete Rollins talking about making love, and it was on Rob Bell's podcast, and he was talking about um, the, the chaperone was the person coming in between the teenage couple and, and, and so this making love idea is like we, we attach it to sex and, and like American culture. But really, the courtship thing was the, the lovemaking thing. Like so, so this person was creating this weird social barrier, barrier between the two young people with the raging hormones. And he was the one making the love happen. Because he was, you know, it oh, was right. not that he was guiding, just his presence right. in between the two of them made them have to get to know each other right. before they just started, as we put it in that show, bumping uglies. <laughs> so there's, that's part of, you know, the relational paradigm of this, I think, too, is thinking about God as, um, I've been more into this contemplative faith lately and understanding the the Christ the this cosmic idea of who Jesus is in in our consciousness and understanding that love stirring love in relationship is a a three you know it's like the trinity we're very Jesus heavy in our culture a lot of Christian culture in the United States is so incredibly Jesus heavy that he becomes the mean chaperone Right, where he's blocking you from having fun or even masturbating, and I'm not. You know, this is the one show you're listening to where I'm going to say, "Don't count your days." If you want to masturbate, you're going to masturbate. Um, that may be controversial, but I think that when you work out your relationships and your relationship with yourself and your own sexuality, that stuff loses its power. It becomes less compulsive as you start to understand who you are. Well, I'll tell you where I am now. Okay. I've been a little hesitant to tell you. Well, that's all so, right. So, um, I finally got to the point where um, where I've been working on this for 20 years, uh-huh. right? And I was like, it's just not going to work. 
Uh, so me and my wife talked, and she said, just do it. Like, just look at porn. Like, like yeah. Like, she's she's okay with it, which is rare. Right. Like, that you actually get a woman that's, like, not okay, okay with it, but, like, you know, like, what you're trying now isn't working. Right. So maybe if you just give up, uh, it'll help. And And so, and we tried that, and it's been really helpful. Honestly, like, I don't know that it would work for everybody. Right. It probably wouldn't work for everybody, and you have to have a wife that's kind of cool with it. But, uh, so for, like, two weeks, I just watched super hard stuff. Uh, and then it backed off, and I started just kind of watching, like, you know, masturbation videos. And then it's backed off even further, and I started watching stripping videos. And, uh, and now it's, like, I, I still watch stuff occasionally, but it, there's just not much nudity in it anymore. And it's definitely scaling back. Um, and I'm doing a lot more work with meditation mm-hmm. and I'm actually finding that like looking at pornography is kind of a form of meditation. Like the idea of looking at pornography is it turns your frontal lobe off, mm-hmm. right? Like, which is the idea of meditation. You're trying to get your, the thinking part of your brain to just shut off a little bit. And when you've got hang up, when I, well, for me, I won't say for you, I, again, I won't necessarily recommend this for anybody. I don't right. know that it work for anybody, but for me, I had so many hang ups that I had to look at really hard stuff in order to shock my brain into finally giving up, right? Like, and now, like, because I don't have the, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this in my head, um, it takes very little for me to get to that spot where my brain just kind of turns itself off. Right. Um, So I don't have to be watching this stuff I used to feel really awful about watching. Um, And it's not really lustful for me anymore. Like, it's, it's kind of a... You know, I'm trying to get to the point where I can just go to meditation, but I'm not good at med- enough at meditation yet. But this seems to be going in a direction that I feel better about. Um, but it's not like, like lust I would say is like, you know, you see a woman and you're like, okay, I'm going to give up something to go after that. Uh-huh. Right. And I, if I watch a video, it's like, like, I, I'm like, I'm done. Like, there's no incentive in me whatsoever to follow up on that. I don't look at my wife and go, man, I wish you were like this woman I just watched. Right. Like, it's just like, like, like none of that is there. Like, I, like sex is still great with Ashley. Sex is better with my wife since we've done this because I was putting a lot of pressure on her to satisfy my sexual needs and I would get super upset and frustrated when she couldn't follow through. Right. Um, and I was just way more relaxed. Uh, so it's becoming better. more intimate because you're right. taking the, the power away from... And that's a beautiful picture of grace. And Seth Taylor talked about that in his book, is that you're you're kind of embracing grace in that. Right. And that you're not... Like, you're totally embracing grace. And there's there's Christians that would say, well, oh, you know, just Paul says, sin all the more, you know, so that, you know, should we, you know, so that grace may abound. No, that's not what we're saying. It's the fact that because there's such a hard idea that it's bad and you should never do it, when Maybe you throw that out, it loses its power. And well, it, that sounds yeah. weird. So Paul said, you know, the argument was uh, sin all the more so grace may abound. No, it's sin all the more so that sin loses its power. Yeah. Right? Like, just, like, for me, again, I'm not necessarily recommending for this to everybody, but, like, the second I was like, I'm not fighting anymore. It was like, well, this is boring. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I'm going away then. Like, right? Like, like it was a cat that was playing with me for years and years and years. And I was like, okay, I'll just roll over and take it. And the cat was like, well, okay. Like, right. 
done now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's just kind of the way it feels. And it's just way know, more relaxed and easier. It just feels, yeah. And I just don't, I still get compulsions. Uh-huh. And I still give into the, and I just, you know, when it's really strong and I don't want to meditate, I just give into them. But I definitely feel like it's heading in a direction that has been a, an improving trend. Right. And, I'm, and it's that's the first time that's happened in 20 years. Have you found that, the, the, like doing this podcast, for example, kind of uh, steals some of that, yeah, the, the power of the, the compulsion? Uh, because of the creativity right. well, and that's, gets engaged. So I'm doing a lot of work in, in hormonal stuff. and So serotonin and dopamine in my own head. And uh, and sexual drive is dopamine, right? Yeah. You get a big old plug of dopamine. Uh, and But there's other ways to get dopamine. That's why creativity works, because creativity stimulates your brain to, to do, um, to produce um, uh, dopamine. And also doing a lot of work in serotonin, because serotonin is the the hormone that's produced in your belly that tells you everything's okay. And lots of times people are really low on serotonin and they don't know it and they they reach for something to just make them feel better and they reach for dopamine. Right. Uh, and dopamine does make them feel better for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then it makes it worse because they've actually used up what little stores of serotonin they have in their belly, they kind of used up in that process. So right. now they're even actually worse off than they were before they started because they keep reaching for dopamine when they should be reaching for serotonin and things like meditation and body work and breathing, exercise, exercise, eating healthy, all those things uh, help with serotonin production. And I found the more I focused on serotonin production, the less of, you know, there was this thing in my brain that was telling me like, go to the porn because the porn will make you feel better. And what I should have been doing is go to the serotonin because the serotonin will actually make you feel better long term. Right. The dopamine just makes you feel better for 20 minutes. Right, right. So, and that's been super helpful too. And that's not what you're going to hear from a lot of uh, the other podcasts out there on purity. I'm not real, I've never been a real big fan of that word, to be honest, because I don't think that, you know, it, we, that, again, that's that pressure. Right. Of you got to be pure. And it's holding up a standard that doesn't exist. There's yeah. no such thing as purity. Like, yeah, like and the the you know the general trend tends to be the people that claim purity the strongest usually have the worst skeletons in their closet. Um, and there's there's a lot of evidence that the more guilty you feel about it, the more power you're giving to reaching for that dopamine again because right. it's the the worse you feel about it, the more you want to redo un, subconsciously redo the behavior because that's the norm you create a, a, a social not just a social norm but a, a, a norm inside your body and it, it just keeps going around and around in circles yeah. like a loop it's definitely very jujitsu esque like if you just kind of relax into it at least for me all of a sudden you're able to control it a lot better and it's another thing than, this than if you are just rigid and are Fighting, so you know, planning your feet and fighting just doesn't seem to work. You just kind of got to flow with it, and then all of a sudden, you find you have the power to redirect it towards other sources of uh, yeah, outlets, from compulsion you know? to creativity right. or what have you. Right. Yeah, and this is a maybe a Seth talks about this too. This is a this is a conversation. You may have to have a hard conversation with your spouse about this. She may say no, and that and and yeah, yeah, and you got to respect that and. 
and you probably have some more relational stuff to do with your spouse, um, getting her to, you know, understand your your where you're at, right, and it, yeah. and and to a place where she can feel safe, uh, which you know, I'm just, I I admit I'm really fortunate that I ha- have a woman that's that's uh, that's secure enough in herself to and in our relationship and we have a really good relationship it's always been really solid and she's not apathetic no so that's, she's, that's she's not, not like oh i don't she's care, not even give a like, shit yeah like i don't want to deal with you she's tonight not even, just go jerk yeah, off and she's not, you <laughs> yeah know, it's not healthy like yeah no and she's not like yeah this is the best thing for you mm-hmm. um either and and not 100 percent. she's not like you know this is terrible or uh she's kind of somewhere in the middle but it's like you were doing it anyways and it was getting worse and you were looking at stuff that was really awful. Yeah. Like just do it. Like like all of your effort produced nothing. So stop trying. Yeah. And stopping trying helped. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Seth talks about that in his book as well. Uh, feels like redemption, Seth Taylor. He was a guest on the podcast. He was also on Punk Theology too, if you want to listen to that. That's a pretty intense episode. It went for two hours. There's all seven of us in that episode dealing with your shit part two on that podcast. Not that I want to plug the hell out of that podcast, but it, it, there's, yeah. we get into some conversations there that really punch through this shamey thing that we have in religion. Um, and, and a lot of it is just light. We try and have fun. We bring in some comedic flair. But it, it, we do talk about some of these deep subjects so that people really do struggle with and, and mental illness and how that really screws with people, especially in a, a religious paradigm where they can't be human. Right. We are we are humans. Um, Jesus didn't just die for your sin and pay some kind of transactional, you know, acquittal thing. It's not what it is. It's it's relationship. It's it's the beauty of you know, yeah, things are screwed up. Jesus is on the cross demonstrating the weight of that. The way I've, I mean, so the thing I'm exploring right now is just the idea that humans are by definition imperfect and Jesus was God's way of engaging in that imperfection. Yeah. Um, and, and saying, look, like, like I can be down in the shit with you guys too. Yeah. Um, and, and experience all of the, same level of imperfection. And, and the way that I deal with you is in imperfection. It's not imperfection. Exactly. Like, I don't engage with you in absolutes. I engage with you in reality. And reality doesn't have any absolutes in it. Reality is void of absolutes. It's, you know, it's it's little bits of this and little bits of that. And, and you know, and, and uh, you yeah, know, we just don't have many examples of perfection or pure evil or flawlessness or whatever you want. Everything is just... A big old jumbled mess of different variables. Of humanity. Right, and that's how yeah. God engages us. He doesn't engage us by, you know, and thou shalt do this absolute that I know you can't achieve. Yeah, and the kind of purity that a lot of churches teachers, and even in some of these recovery groups for porn addiction, the kind of purity they're talking about is a kind of purity where you're getting to the place where you don't, you don't need Jesus. Right. And really what's being taught in a lot of American Western culture churches is more of the story of Zeus and Poseidon. Well, honestly, know, they're trying and to Hercules. You. And it's not this it's it's it's, a, it's it's freaking Greek mythology more than they're the selling, attitude of it. They're selling this idea that you can be better than Jesus. 
Yeah. Right? Like you can get yeah. to a place where you're not suffering anymore. Right? You can just you can be you can be God, not Jesus. Yeah. You can be God the Father is what they're saying. And you should be God the Father. Yeah. And and yeah, and you should be better than Jesus. In the Catholic Bible there's these two books called the Maccabees, first and mm-hmm. second Maccabees. And we don't have that in the, in, in the I say we like I'm reformed. I, I, I'm more of a, a recovering reformed guy, um, but I'm becoming more orthodox in my theology. But uh, when we do that, when we, you know, have that kind of attitude where like the Maccabees, because the Maccabees went to the Maccabees were these people that went to be martyred. And they were just kind of like, you know, we're going to kill you. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and they're smiling and shaking hands with people. And, yeah, all right, go kill us. Those people were better than Jesus. I think that's why it's not in the Reformed Bible, right. that story. Because Jesus didn't die like that. Right. Jesus is hanging on the cross going, Father, why have you forsaken me? Or quoting Psalm 22. Sweating blood before, sweating blood before yeah. That is, a, that is a real thing that happens with people before anxiety. Like that, right. that's what God did that. God went through that. God was in the mess with us. And what Derek and I are saying here is, and same with what Seth Taylor said in his book, uh, Feels Like Redemption, is again, if you're going to look at porn, you're going to look at porn. Stop being so shameful and feeling so horrible about it. It's not helping. It's actually hindering. Right. And uh, maybe it's making things significantly worse. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like not just neutral. Like that's a that may be the factor as to why you keep looking at it. Yeah. And we get into a faith talk about stepping out into the truth of that, and when you can stand on it and see for yourself that hey, maybe this addiction can shed like hair off a dog. Rather than me trying to white knuckle through another day, right. bounce your eyes, Derek. Look at no, no, you know. Like, uh, so, so yeah, I'm gonna end the show on that and and challenge listeners with that. I know that's controversial, but uh, it, it it really is true. I mean, this is behavioral science. This is what um, a lot of people who are seeing real freedom and to use that word victory um, walked through. You know. Uh, Till next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, ASI247.org is the uh, website for this year podcast and punktheology.com. Uh, check us out. Bye.